A Brief History of Nearly Extracellular Vesicle Everything The Rise and Rise of Extracellular Vesicle A Review Article by Yvonne Kausch, David Carter and others from University of Oxford, Oxford United Kingdom and other institutes Journal of Extracellular Vesicle 2021 Abstract Extracellular vesicles are small cargo-bearing vesicles released by cells into the extracellular space. The field of EVs has grown exponentially over the past two decades. This growth follows the realization that extracellular vesicles are not simply a waste disposal system, as had originally been suggested by some, but also a complex cell-to-cell communication mechanism. Indeed, Extracellular vesicles have been shown to transfer functional cargo between cells and can influence several biological processes. These small biological particles are also deregulated in disease. As we approach the 75th anniversary of the first experiments in the EVs were unknowingly isolated, it seems right to take stock and look back on how the field started as has since explodes into its current state. Here we review the early experiments, summarize key findings that have propelled the field, describe the growth of an organized EV community, discuss the current state of the field and identify key challenges that need to be addressed. The early experiments the experiments in which extracellular vesicles were specifically identified as biological entities with enzymatic and functional potential began during the 1980s and 1990s. Prior to this period, there are numerous studies that hint the potential structures that would subsequently be described as extracellular vesicles, or that describe experiments in which we can respectively speculate may have involved the activity of extracellular vesicles. In this sense, the story of the origins of extracellular vesicles research arguably begins with the studies of coagulation. As a topic, this debates back in the mid 1600s and is covered in excellent reviews elsewhere. For the purpose of this article, we will start with Chargaff and West and their studies on blood clotting performed in New York in the 1940s. West was a clinician with an ongoing interest in anemia and hemophilia, and Targaff was a biochemist. Targaff had begun a series of papers in 1936 in the Journal of Biological Chemistry entitled Studies on the Chemistry of Blood Coagulation, and made the observation in paper 19 of the series Cell Structure and the Problem of Blood Coagulation, which can be interpreted as the beginning of the field of extracellular vesicle biology. When spinning down blood to establish a centrifugation protocol to separate clotting factors from cells, Targov observed that the addition of the high-speed sediment to the supernatant plasma brought about a very considerable shortening of the clotting time. Enigmatically, he went on to say this will be discussed in detail on a late occasion. The late occasion turns out to be his paper published with Rodolf West in 1946 on the biological significance 
on the thromboplastic protein of blood. Here, they discovered a particulate fraction which sedimented at 31,000 G and had high clotting potential, as well as a thromboplastic protein. The authors suggested that this fraction probably includes, in addition to the thromboplastic agent, a variety of minute breakdown products of blood corpuscle. However, it would be some years before these were specifically identified as extracellular vesicles. In fact, 17 years would pass until Peter Wolf described a materially minute particulate form sedimentable by high-speed centrifugation and originating from platelets, but distinguishable from intact platelets, which we now know as the extracellular vesicle fraction. Wolf published electromicroscopy images of these particles, which he described as platelet dust. Following these, in 1971, Neville Crawford published further images of these vesicles, which were now being described as microparticles, obtained from platelet-free plasma. Crawford also showed they contained lipids and carried cargo including ATP and contractile proteins. These pioneering experiments with platelets were the first to describe the presence and core structure of such cell-free components and hinted at the potential biological importance. Between the mid-1960s and early 1980s, other early electromicroscopy studies described structures consistent with the submicron size of extracellular vesicles. In summer 1966, Sun described vesicle-like structures released from alveolar cells into the alveolar space. In the late 1960s, H. Clerk, Anderson and Ermanno Bonucci described matrix vesicles. The small membrane-bound vesicles of different sizes are embedded in the matrix of hypertrophic cartilage and could potentially play a role in bone mineralization. Nunez and others and Gerson described the presence of small 1 to 10 nanometer extracellular vesicles in the bad thyroid gland during arousal from hibernation. In fact, this paper was one of the first to describe the presence of multivesicular bodies MVBs, close to the apical membrane. The authors proposed the fusion of the outer or limiting membrane of the multivesicular body with the apical plasma membrane might lead to the release of the vesicle contained within the structure into the luminal space. Indeed, we now define a subtype of EV, commonly called the exosome or small EV, as being formed when the endosomal MVB structure fuses with the plasma membrane, leading to the release of intraluminal vesicle. In addition to these experiments, where vesicles were found in Hapinstan's manner, others were specifically looking for vesicles. But in 1950 and 1970, there were several researchers who were hoping to prove that viruses cause disease beyond infection, specifically that they cause cancer. In looking for virus-like particles in biofluids, they often came across particulate matter, but could not identify anything they thought might actually be viral in nature. Moreover, the particles seemed to be present in control fluids as well as those from cancer patients. 
by the mid-1960s, the consensus was that it was unlikely that particles found in biofluids were treatable to viruses, but were rather an artifact of separation. Finally, in 1975, Dalton published a paper studying fractions of filtered and unfiltered fetal bovine serum and demonstrated that the serum held similar particles to an epithelial cell line. But an end to the reign of the virus-like particles be saying that, quote, to call structures with the morphology of normally occurring vesicles of multivesical bodies and of microvesicles associated with epithelial cells, virus-like, is unwarranted. Studies in the organism suggested that vesicle structures extruded from cells were not unique to mammals. A study of Ochalmonas danica efflagellate alga revealed the presence of a range of vesicles that could be visualized budding from cells and isolated by centrifugation. Preparations including extracellular vesicles released by the yeast candida tropicals were shown to decrease growth of other cultures in yeast. Different kinds of vesicles were shown to be released by Corinobacterium, some of which were shown to induce cell agglutination. Acinotobacter, which were seen to release phospholipid-rich extracellular vesicles, and the gram-negative bacteria Escherichia coli, which was shown to produce extracellular vesicles containing lipopolysaccharide complexes. Once these studies began to unravel the ultrastructure of cells and the potential existence of extracellular vesicles, the research had yet to gain the momentum to unite as a cohesive field. The start of something big small. The early 1980s mark the start of the era of expansion and more specific understanding in extracellular vesicle research. Whilst the significant explosion of papers, theories, arguments about nomenclature in EV related societies would begin for another 20 years, also the cohesion began here. Two seminal and complementary papers published by the Johnstone and Star Laboratories made a watertight case for the release of intraluminal vesicles from the cell and defined them as exosomes. Whilst these papers are now considered seminal and the origins of our field, Rose herself felt the discovery to be her piston's, saying that an quote lies in blunderland approach while led to the discovery of exosomes. Both laboratories were using reticulocyte maturation as a model, Stars group to investigate membrane trafficking and Jones lab to study the biochemistry of the plasma membrane. Their work showed that during reticulocyte maturation the transferrin receptor was lost by the release of vesicles. Cliff Harding, then MD-PhD in the Star Laboratory, produced some stunning EM images demonstrating that these vesicles were released from the lumen of MVB upon fusion with the plasma membrane. Conceptually, the Harding and others paper revealed the existence of a novel intracellular sorting of trafficking pathway now referred 
to as the exosome secretion pathway. Although Trams and others and Henry originally coined the term exosome to describe extracellular vesicles shed by the surface of the cell, Rose Johnstone applied the name to those vesicles specifically released following fusion of MVBs with the plasma membrane and, in this context, the name coton, as well as defining one of the hallmarks of EV vernicular, an early lecture by Rose Johnstone may have been responsible for the global opinion of extracellular vesicles as just waste disposal mechanisms for the ensuing decade. In 1991, she gave the Jan Mary Fisher Memorial Lecture, which she titled, quote, Maturation of reticulocytes, formation of exosomes as a mechanism for shelving membrane proteins, quote, which was primarily based on her paper from the same year where she suggested that exosomes were a, quote, major route for externalization of obsolete membrane proteins, quote. This paper demonstrated the presence of the transferrin receptor in exosomes and the presence of the nucleoside transporter. The authors demonstrated that different cellular stresses resulted in the internalization and shielding of these membrane components at different times. Whilst they did not speculate on the mechanism of these, they messaged that this was a way for the cells to shed obsolete proteins stuck in the minds of researchers for some years to come. The spire base. These early studies laid the foundation for the explosion of interest that followed over the next 35 years. In terms of the period between these seminal papers and the start of the massive expansion in EV research, and the millennium form seemed to come before function. Articles on platelet-derived microparticles, microvesicles and exosomes dominated with some important early advances in the understanding of the fundamental nature of EVs. These early studies demonstrated lateral diffusion of lipids and proteins in vesicle membranes and the presence and function of lipases. Studies revealed glimpses of the iconic components of EVs we know today such as RAB, ARF and the tetraspanins. As early as 1986, there were concerns about storage of blood and its effects on the EV population. In addition to work on mammalian EVs, a wealth of knowledge was developed about bacterial EVs in studies from Liverpool on Porphyromonas gingivalis. These last papers demonstrated not only the presence of bacterial EVs, by the interaction of these EVs with mammalian cells in the body. During the 1980s and 1990s, several articles reported the quantification of EVs, demonstrating altered extracellular vesicle numbers in disease. The phenomena started around 1993 with a paper on elevated microparticles, intransient brain ischemia and other infectious but goes on to be explored in diseases such as angina and Crohn's. Papers describing the physical and biochemical characteristics of EVs also began to emerge. Rose Johnstone's 
89 paper-demonstrated exosomes released from reticulocytes are enzymatically active. Membrane vesiculation was shown to be a potentially protective mechanism to prevent cell lysis and a way of specifically exposing phosphatidylserine to enhance clotting. It was also revealed that other active enzymes could exist in extracellular vesicles. Outside the field of platelet biology, it was discovered that extracellular vesicles from immune cells are capable of presenting antigen. This last paper in particular was a watershed moment that caught the imagination of many and helped to catalyze increased interest in the field of extracellular vesicles. It showed that extracellular vesicles had the potential to be harnessed as anti-tumoral vaccines. Indeed, this study led the Amigorena lab to investigate whether the dendritic cells secrete EVs that, were loaded with tumor peptides, can eradicate tumors and led to clinical trials of the next decade. Importantly, it showed that extracellular vesicles could play functional roles in biological processes. Taken together, these ideas that extracellular vesicles could have physiological roles, that they could be used as biomarkers, and that they could have therapeutic applications, led to the explosion of interest in EVs in the early 21st century. A. Rose by any other name In 2018, Roy and colleagues performed a systematic survey of all the papers published in the field since 2000, demonstrating the exponential growth of the field since the millennium. These included not only thousands of papers but also patent applications and grant funding. The specific search criteria to isolate key papers for this current review identified 1017 articles published in the 15 years between 1985 and 2000, and more than four times their number in the 10 years to 2010. The issue still plugging the field today, although vast improving, was the issue of nomenclature. Of the more than 4,000 papers from 2000 to 2010, the most popular search term was microparticles. This proves challenging as a search criterion because not only can it refer to platelet microparticles, but also microparticles of iron oxide, frequently used as an imaging agent, and synthetic microparticles for drug delivery. Shifting out the relevant papers remain challenging, during this period, exosomes remained more popular than microvesicles or ectosomes. The term extracellular vesicles was barely seen at all, with a mere 31 papers. In the decade following the year 2000, the first reviews began to be published in the field of extracellular vesicles biology. The growing community of researchers started to explore the nature of extracellular vesicles in more depth investigating the proteome of extracellular vesicles from various cell types, as well as the lipidome. Cytokines were shown to be shed by extracellular vesicles, and extracellular vesicles derived from immune cells were found to play a key role in the function of the immune system. The increased interest in tumor-derived extracellular vesicles, combined with new knowledge of the role of extracellular vesicles in the immune system, led to their potential as anti-tumor therapy. As the decade winds down the real expansion in extracellular vesicles, research began. 
Papers began to demonstrate the functional effects of extracellular vesicles in vivo, protecting animal models from disease. The functional transfer of nucleic acids was demonstrated and the report that plant cells can use extracellular vesicles as a means of communication was also published. The increased interest in extracellular vesicles-based therapy was emerged with bargaining interest in stem cells as therapy and 2009 saw the emergency of plethora of papers on mesenchymal stem cell MSC-derived vesicles, further increasing the therapeutic opportunities afforded by EVs. From 2010 to today, the expansion of the field was seen enormous. EVs have been shown to be involved in numerous biological processes across many species, and they contribute to a plethora of diseases when deregulated. It would be unfair to pick out individual contributions to these latest decades of work as it has become too diverse and specialized, and the reader is directed to more recent reviews. In the early 2000s, also saw the first organized EV meetings take place, and the regular meetings of the International Society of Accessible Vesicles, ISEV, now have thousands of participants working in a multitude of disciplines from all over the world. Now came the time to organize and disparate researchers and bring them together with a common purpose. Bringing order to the chaos. The first international meeting for EVs was organized by Rose Johnstone and held in Montreal in 2005. An international meeting in 2010 in Oxford focused on advances in methodologies for measuring EVs, including new biophysical approaches such as nanoparticle tracking analysis, which led to the publication of the first book on EVs. A seminal moment came at a vibrant international meeting organized by Clotilde Thierry and Garza Raposo, held in Paris in 2011. At this meeting of over 200 attendees, Jean Lutvold proposed the formation of an international society to represent the interests of the field. Following extensive consultations with members of the community, the International Society for Accessorial Vesicles ISEV was formed in 2011. The first ISEV meeting was held in 2012 in Gothenburg, Sweden, and attracted more than 400 participants and was also oversubscribed. Subsequent ESEV annual meetings in Boston, Rotterdam, Washington, Toronto, Barcelona and Kyoto saw rapid growth in attendee numbers with over 1,000 attendees recorded for the last two years. With the eruption of the global pandemic 2020, the ISEV meeting went virtual, holding the first international online conference to great success. The society also organizes and supports a variety of other focused workshops and surveys that lead to position papers, survey outputs and meetings reports, many of which are published in the society's journals of exabelicals. These have played an important role in helping to collate and focus the efforts of the field. This is perhaps best exemplified by the publication of quote, minimal information for studies of EVs, quote, 
MISEV guidelines in 2014, which has been more recently reviewed in 2018. ISEV has therefore provided an effective platform for researchers around the world to come together and share their work on extracellular vesicles. As the extracellular vesicle field expands, so too does the number of researchers in each country. This has led to the formation of numerous national societies or local networks who conduct their own local meetings and support EV research within their own countries. For a field where for many years there was considerable scepticism about whether EVs were just cellular debris, local support networks capable of validating findings and sharing ideas, reagents, models and techniques are crucial. These networks began in the US in 2012 with the American Society for Exosomes and Microvesicles and expanded from there the Grupo Español de Innovación and Investigación and Vesicular Extracellulares. In UK, French and German societies for EVs are but a few of the many national groups working together with the common goal of forwarding EV research. The national societies help to coordinate national meetings and support regional networks of EV researchers, providing opportunities for newcomers to the field to network with established labs. Together with ISEV, they provide an important support mechanism in the rich research ecosystem in the field. ISEV has also strived to produce educational material for those new in the EV field. This includes the production of two popular and three massive open online courses, the production of a 3D animated video on EV function and posters on the basics of EVs. This not only helps give new researchers perspective on the field, but also helps with some of the challenges and disputes the field has had and continues to have regarding standardization and nomenclature. Challenges The proliferation of extracellular vesicles research around the world has propelled the field forward at an ever-increasing pace but this brings with it a different set of problems. The EV field, as with science more generally, may suffer from a lack of reproducibility. This is exacerbated by the relatively young state of the field and the hype which drives accelerated publication of exciting new findings. The technical challenging and position papers from ISEV and other international groups have been outlined comprehensively elsewhere. Below are some of the major issues the field continues to contend with. Standardization and reporting There is no universal agreement on many aspects of methodology in EV research, including the best methodology for enrichment and protocols varied between laboratories. In the 1990s, the International Society of Thrombosis and Homeostasis Vascular Biology Subcommittee initiated the discussion and early standardization efforts of microparticle measurements. The SSC Vascular Biology Subcommittee has continued to publish important articles on pre-analytical variables, inter-laboratory studies and standardization of flow cytometry. Ongoing standardization and collaboration between the ISTH, SSC, 
ISAC, International Society for Advancement of Cytometry, and ISEV continue. A recent consortium effort to catalogue EV research revealed a total of 1,742 experiments with 190 different isolation methods and 1,038 unique protocols to isolate EVs. While it is too early to pronounce which methodology is right or wrong, the heterogeneity in approach and frequent lack of complete reporting make comparing and interpreting the results of different studies more difficult and reaching general conclusions more challenging. This is further compounded by lack of experimental reference materials and controls that can be readily used to standardize experiments between labs. Initiatives such as EV Track, the MISEV guidelines, EV databases, attempts to generate reference materials, ISEV task force and ISEV workshops on rigor and reproducibility aim to address these issues, but transparency in reporting and its standardization of methodology remain two of the greatest challenges for these nascent fields. Technical challenges There are many technical challenges associated with working on EVs, which are detailed as well as were. Briefly, there are several techniques available for isolating extracellular vesicles. They all have pros and cons, and the best choice depends on the intended downstream application, the type of EV of interest and level of homogeneity required. However, there is still a need to develop improved methodology to reach higher yields, with greater homogeneity, faster time and lower cost. The challenge is because the fluids that EVs are enriched from are typically complex matrices containing multiple contaminants, often a similar size and or density. Improved tools are also required for characterizing and quantifying EVs. A key problem here is the relatively small size of most EVs, which makes specifically counting and characterizing EVs a challenge, and there is currently no perfect instrument for quantifying and characterizing EVs. And the issue is the relative paucity of material when isolating EVs. To obtain sufficient material for testing using most bulk methods, such as Western blotting, a lot of EVs are required. More sensitive methods are therefore required to make extracellular vesicle characterization less onerous on laboratories. Single EV methodology must be developed and improved to allow a greater range of experiments to be performed and new insights generated into EV biology. Finally, improved in vivo methods are required for studying the biology of EVs. These challenges, among many others, are being addressed by multiple labs around the world. And as these technical issues are addressed, our ability to test hypotheses about EV function will improve. Unanswered biological questions. There are some areas of extracellular vesicle biology where more is known and some where almost nothing is known. One area that needs addressing is the lack of suitable markers for specifically identifying different types of extracellular vesicles. 
Some excellent work has been done to address this. However, due in most parts of the overlap in EV biogenesis mechanisms and the overlap in size and density of different EV types, it has proven difficult to generate reliable markers for different EV subtypes. Despite this, several laboratories have shown that different subtypes of EVs may exist with different cargo, release mechanisms and different functions. Better understanding of these subpopulations is a key goal for EV research over the coming decades. Another area in need of further work is EV uptake and, in particular, how EVs functionally deliver cargo to recipient cells. This is thought to be a fairly low efficient process and it is understood that a significant number of EVs go to the lysosome, where they presumably are destroyed. The development of novel in vitro and in vivo systems for modeling EV transfer and cargo release is therefore another priority for the field. An increased understanding of cargo delivery would not only help us to understand EV biology, but it would help us to engineer vesicles specifically to avoid lysosomal destruction, resulting in the rapid emergence of strong EV therapeutic platforms. Conclusions and Future Perspectives Since the early electromicroscopy and biochemistry studies from the 1940s through to the 1980s, the EV field has rapidly progressed. The range of functions that have been assigned to EV grows by the week. The reasons for these increased interests are manifold. The idea that these small messengers can carry cargo from one cell and deliver it for functional use by another cell is a highly attractive one that has captured the imagination. The results of many studies confirm the work of early pioneers in the field, indicating an important functional role for EVs in cell-to-cell -cell communication. They arose in many biological processes and the deregulation in disease have fueled further interest. Extracellular vesicles have been found in very biological fluid tested thus far, so perhaps the greatest translational prospect for them lies in their diagnostic, prognostic and therapeutic abilities. They have the potential to be modified for the delivery of therapeutic cargo and the treatment of different disorders. Both the therapeutic and diagnostic potential stems from their ability to protect cargo in circulation their functionality as natural cell-to-cell -cell transporters of multiple complex biological cargo. In the coming years, we expect the increase in EV research observed of the past two decades to continue. This will carry on, yielding incremental improvements in our knowledge of extracellular vesicle biology and translational benefits will follow. Thank you for listening to this article. Please do follow me on Twitter, PubReading, and on all podcast platforms.